Well, how are you, fellow streakers? We are so absolutely wonderfully excited to be with you today. We've got with us a guest who we have um, had on our radar for quite some time to talk to, and we're so glad that she had the time amidst her busy schedule to be able to join us today. She is, self-proclaimed here, a military brat, having lived in five states and two countries by the time she was, wait for it, 15. She claims Indianapolis is home, but now resides in Denver, Colorado, because she really wanted to be close to the mountains. She also has a Master's of Science from Tufts University School of Medicine. During her time there, she learned how to communicate true behavior change, communicate true behavior change. She is obsessed with the mind and body connection because it's wild when you start to see just how connected these two things are. She hates running, and I won't use the expletive she used to say how much she <laughs> hates running, but so she ditched it for dancing, walking, yoga, and weights. She's got a really cute dog uh, who she built a dog park for in Indianapolis, <laughs> right? And she truly believes equity is possible, but to get there, it requires a paradigm shift individually and collectively. Let's go ahead and welcome Erica Ballard to the show, and let's start streaking. Hi, Erica. Thank you so much for coming on. We're Thank so you for excited having to me. have you. We are so excited to talk with you today. We've been reading stuff that you have out there, and we're just excited to talk about kind of what you do in your career and at home, and then how streaking has helped you be able to get to where you are and become the person that you are. So we are super excited. So can you start off by telling us a little bit about how, what your, what your um, company is and how you got it started? Sure. So the company, it's called Retain Her, and it's a company that provides the data insights organizations need to retain, recruit, and promote women. And the way I got here was I initially started in the health field as a workaround for gender studies. My dad, who's amazing and well-meaning, was like, don't get a gender studies degree because we want you to be employable. And so <laughs> I was like, okay, okay. Um, sure. So then I chose journalism, which is, you know, 2008. So that's the jokes on him, but and me apparently. So, um, so I went into health as a, as a workaround for that. And because for me, when I really looked at what what held women back in a big way, it was their health. They were uh, still today, right? Like we're distracted by the way we look and how much we weigh and all of these things. And so I naively thought, well, I could just get this out to the masses because um, people weren't trying to do it for if thousands of years. <laughs> yeah, um, if I could just get this out to the masses, bam, I would have solved one of these huge issues. And what I quickly learned was a few things. One was that um, a lot of the health information out there is wrong. The second piece is knowing something is different than doing something. And then the third piece of it uh, was it wasn't really that people were shocked when I said, eat less sugar. No one was like, oh, my God, my mind is exploding. <laughs> it was more, their mind exploded when they started to realize that the thing that was holding them back was actually the fact that they did not feel valuable or worthy enough of it and thus could not figure out how to prioritize their time. Mm. And so that is where I spent most of my entrepreneurial journey. And then I got pregnant with my now daughter, who's almost 10 months and um, who I mentioned before getting on this podcast is going mm -hmm. through a sleep regression. Yay me. And um, <laughs> she, you know, when, when that happens, as you all probably know with the amount of kids you have, as you start to think about 
legacy and how do I want to show up and what do I want to do and how do I want her to see me? And I was able in that thought process to slow down enough to, I call it a download, download this idea of retain her um, because it really pulled together my background as a researcher, my, my fascination with the mind-body connection, my understanding of the way that it's systems, not just individuals that we have issue with because a lot of the limiting beliefs and, and my female clients we're just like, we're indicative of the greater uh, limiting beliefs that people have about women, right? And so I was like, okay, well, I'll do this six months pregnant and uh, started to follow for me, like universal pings, like divine God, whatever, all these like pings and ended up here doing this as a champion truly of moms now, which is so fascinating as I have a 10 month old, not, not multiple one, um, but it, is looking at all that has been happening, the way that we see women and moms and truly the power within all of us, um, but particularly women that seems to not be highlighted in the way or even absorbed um, and seen in the way that I, I think could really transform business and the collective. And so, yeah, so that's what I focus on now. It's, um, it's, it's been really fascinating and I'm really grateful to be here. And, and I have to laugh at my dad. Cause I was like, you know, if you would have just let me start at 22, like <laughs> I have like probably a business about like, you know, or, you know, like I've been in business for a decade plus, but I went to health as the workaround and then magically ended back up here. I do believe though, that sometimes those workarounds come back and, and, and feathers in your cap, so to speak of like, okay, I've got this background that I probably wouldn't have had before, but wow, it's really been beneficial in helping me kind of have a more complete picture of what I'm doing. And so I do feel that oftentimes those things. So it's interesting that you had um, from the very beginning, so from a young age, did you have an interest in gender studies? I did, but I didn't know it. Okay. So I'll give a quick story of how I, like the first cognitive reason or, or, you know, time that I started to think about it is so I was in this hula hoop contest at 10. <laughs> nice. Because <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was a really good hula hooper. Like, I mean, I was like primo. Yeah, like, was good. Mm -hmm, it felt really good. And <laughs> so I loved it. And the PX, which is um, a retail store on military bases, like the main one, that's where I went. And I started uh, and and they were having this hula hoop contest. And the prize was a PlayStation. And wow, that's a great prize for a hula hoop contest. I, I and for like a bunch of 10 year olds, you yeah. know what I mean? Like it was great. And so yeah. I was like, my brother and I really want this. I'm really good at this thing. I'm going to go get it for us. And I want like I tied. So what ended up happening is like the adults got so sick of us, me and this boy, we were hula hooping like no one would drop. And so they're like, OK, um, you guys are tied. And I was like, cool, I don't. I don't need number one. I just need the PlayStation. And so I waited and waited and waited for that PlayStation and it never came because they gave him the PlayStation and they gave me this huge stuffed bunny named Harvey. Whoa. Oh. Yeah. And so you're like, hmm. uh, wait a second here, guys. What's up with that? <laughs> what just happened here? Mm hmm. Interesting. And so, so, yeah. Yeah. And you know, you, you know what a 10 year old's like? Oh, oh why can't I have a PlayStation? Where is it? Like, oh, I want yes. it. Like, ah. And I was freaking out because I really wanted it and no one had a good answer. And that's when like the light bulb went off, like, oh, be grateful for what you got, like the message, right? Be grateful for what you got. But it only came to me because he didn't, he, 
He got the PlayStation. He was grateful for what he got. <laughs> yeah. He didn't have to settle for less and he figure out how exactly. to be okay with everything. Right. So, right. yeah, so that's when it, it started. And then okay. it, it, it evolved from there. You know, there were things that I was really interested in um, when the 15, 16, 17. And when I went into health in the first place, I actually ended up at um, an HIV AIDS organization, like a, a pet bar, which is the government. Uh, okay. It was President Bush's at the time. Um, huge initiative for HIV AIDS. And I really, while I was in communication there, I really was interested in the maternal child health component of it and did a lot of work there that wasn't paid. And just, okay. you know, continue forward. Right. That's fantastic. That's yeah. a super amazing journey and an interesting place of taking you to where you are now. Mm-hmm. So as you're, as you're moving forward, um, we talk about streaking a lot and different streaks that, that people have set. As you look back at your life, what things do you see that you're like, these things have consistently helped me get to where I am? There are two things that come up for me. The first is learning. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an avid learner. I'm an avid book reader. I want to read all the articles, all of the things. And so it was, I mean, I would go to school in the summer um, and read books and write reports. And so that was a big piece. It never, I never took a break from it. And then the other piece, and this is um, newer, but I think it's extremely relevant is my meditation practice. Even with a 10 month old, people say all the time, like you, you, you don't have time for that type of stuff. I'm like, after three months, like I, I can't remember a day that I have not meditated and I meditate on average about 15 to 25 minutes That's fantastic. a day. So if I can only get in five, that happens. But for right. the most part, um, that, that truly has transformed my life. And we have several people that have a streak around meditation. And one of the things that I love specifically about a meditation streak is that meditation is helping you really to be mindful. Like it's, it's sitting down and saying, I'm intentionally going to be mindful. And that's what I love about what streaks are, is I'm going to intentionally be mindful of this thing in my life that I feel is really important, that I recognize helps my mental health or helps me be a better person or helps me get to who I want to be. However, there's nothing outside of myself that's forcing me to do. Like if I don't be intentional, it's not going to happen. And so I love the that that so often meditation streak to me embodies what streaking is, which is I'm going to be intentional about who I want to be and the things that I have to do, even though there's no external force that's going to keep me doing that unless I choose to be intentional about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's I I love that. I love how you put that. And as you said, I was like, actually, there's like two other things that led to the meditation that I've streaked on for uh, forever, uh, but got really solid with one of them about, I don't know, almost a decade ago. So it's movement and nutrition. So my foray into being intentional was through movement and nutrition, because I thought that's what would get me healthy. Mm -hmm. And it got me to a point 
and then I needed to move into like the mind body connection. I needed to move into the mindfulness practice. I needed to reduce my stress. I needed to do, I needed to go within and understand where that unhappiness continued to live, even though externally everything looked fine. Right. Um, so those are the other pieces, but that kind of trifecta of movement, nutrition, meditation, I, I can't not be intentional about those three things. As you look at this, because so you you know you're now mom, ten month old, sleep regression, everything else, and I know and and by the way, just so you know, our audience that we have out there is seventy percent new moms or in the in the in that arena that are um, new moms and sometimes a little bit older moms, but seventy percent. And they're probably asking themselves right now, how I in don't the know world? If older mom is right. Maybe mom of more older children. Can we, can we call it that? Yeah, whatever you want. Sorry. <laughs> I, I'm trying to work on it. I know, I'm teasing you. <laughs> I couldn't resist. <laughs> Go ahead. But as, as, as I look at this and I think about, for example, always be learning. And now you've you've got all you've got your work. I mean, you're a re, you do a regular appearance you're on uh, CBS Denver. You've got all the work that you're doing for running your company. You've got the ten month old that is in sleep regression. You've got your balance with your husband and what you guys are doing together. How you know what what goes into this into your routine of always learning to always be a learner, and then you can also progress that also into meditation because I'm thinking 15 to 25 minutes in a day that's that's a lot of time I mean even though it seems simple it's so what are some of the techniques some of the things that you do to ensure that you get that what you need that's a great question and the immediate answer that I still think is the right one uh, that came <laughs> through was letting go of expectations of what it needs to look like now I have to practice this literally every day. This is not an this is not an intentional streak for the record. <laughs> like it is like like a universal ping to my head. Like get it together. Like come on, you've learned this lesson. But it is constantly remembering if I'm learning, well, let's focus on that. It doesn't have to be that I read a report or that I read a chapter of a book today. It can be listening to an audible for 15 minutes. It can be reading an article. It can be having a conversation with a friend about something that I didn't know. Um, so I let go a lot of what it needs to, to look like. Um, and the same with meditation. In a perfect world, this morning, I would have woken up. I would have meditated for 15 to 20 minutes before I got on this call. But I was like, you know, showering feels really important today. <laughs> so I, if I'm going to weigh the two. Yeah. And so I was like, I'm going to, so I'm going to take a few. And that was why I was on, when you guys were not on camera, I was like, oh, I'm going to take this moment to like, like clear my energy, be really present, like knock in. And it, it took 90 seconds, but that's what I did now. And I'm going to go meditate after I put my daughter down for her first nap. So it's mm -hmm. like, I don't need this like crazy routine, which I thought I did before a kid for the record to get this through. Um, but it was like letting, letting some of the expectation go and letting my, like of how it has to look and then fitting it in where it fits in. And that has mm -hmm. always been when it comes to health, a big piece that I used to talk with my clients about all the time was make health fit into your life. Don't change your entire life to fit health in. 
what we, as I say that, what we know is that your life will change, right? As you do that. But like, mm-hmm. you don't have to 180 everything. We can right. just incrementally like make these shifts. I want to stay on this for just a second on letting go of expectation because this is huge. I'm reminded Jeff and I had a conversation. I don't even know how many years ago. It was a lot of years ago, but it was a long conversation on a road trip. And I don't know if you remember this, but we spent the entire road trip discussing what life would be like if you literally lived it with no expectation. Like if you could just live life with no expectation. How would your life change? How would your life change? And I remember, I think back to that conversation because it was so, I look back at my reaction. I'm like, I felt like it was just stroking the cat backwards. It just did wrong with me. And I don't know why. But at the Isn't time, that such a great visual it's stroking the cat. It's backwards. Just, you're just like, there's just something not right about this. And but that conversation has stuck with me. And I it's helped me so much to recognize how much expectation plays into things. So the best example I can think is when I had lots of young kids at home, and you were traveling, if you were going to tell me that you were going to be home at a certain time, and you, so let's say you said, I'm going to be home at six and you showed up at 620, I was ticked. <laughs> but if you said you were going to be home at eight and you showed up at 755, I was fine. But that's an hour, you know, that's a lot much later in the night. And I remember thinking, why do I get so, and it was expectation. I expected a certain thing. And now as soon as it passed that time of expectation, now I was upset. Now, to be fair, just to be fair, when I give you that expectation, I think that it's incumbent on me to fulfill it. But when you have the expectation on yourself, on yourself, yes. I think that that's where... I just use that example because it helped me. Because of the time difference, I was like, why do I get so upset when you're earlier, yeah. but later than you said, and but you can come back late and I'm fine with it. Right. And so it's just really, that was, that's the thing I always go back to where I was like, okay, this expectation thing and understanding the role it plays in life is huge, Yeah. like huge. And the expectations, like you said, that we get from other people because they've said it or that we put on ourselves. And I think the one that we put on ourselves is, is massive. And Erica, that's what I see that's with what, what you're too. saying is it's just this, this massive weight of your own expectation to fight. One of the things I look at is imposter syndrome. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm expected to be one way and I feel like I'm an imposter if I'm not meeting my own expectation. Or when you talked about what, you know, all of these limitations as women that affect us, the way that we feel about ourselves. So you expected to lose a certain amount of weight. You lost close to it, but not what you expected. So you're disappointed. You know, just these things where it's like, okay, but what, what about all the things that you know, what about all the progress I made? But now I'm disappointed because this expectation wasn't where I, it's not where I thought it should be. I have a mantra card that I read every day now. Oh, nice. That's, that yeah, that's says, a streak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the, I'm only about 10 days in, but I'm hoping to, I hope the streak goes much longer. Um, is it says, I will let go of outcomes and expectations because what is mine will never pass me. And oh, that's good. Do you mind saying that again? One more time. Yeah, I I let go of outcomes and expectations because what is mine will never pass me. That's really good. So what does that why that mantra? What does that do for you? So the the business that I opened retain her. Mm -hmm. um, I think this is relevant is I 
it's so funny. As I started this, I'm like, man, I have so many other streaks. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. See, it's amazing like, how you start to see them. Um, so, is, so it for me, and I, and I told Jeff this, so if you're like, don't talk about this on the podcast. You're like, fine. Turn around. It's like I'm a very spiritual person, and yeah. I one of the um, other strikes is I'm a student of the Course in Miracles, and so it's a they would call it a mindset training, um, and it's this idea that we're you know we're having this human experience, like we're spirits having this human experience, and um and I really. I'm almost at 365 days um, of it. So, yes. So, I'm very close. That um, is so awesome. Good. Yeah. And because it, it's a 365-day lesson book. And so, uh, <laughs> that's how I know. But it is – so, with all of that, right, like, I've been doing a lot of work and understanding that, like, I constantly want – something to look exactly as it does so that if what I want comes to me in a different way, I'm still mad. Like I'm still angry. And so going back to that retain her component, I, this for me, it's very divinely led. So it's hard for traditional masculine energy coaches or people to help, like to quote unquote, help me with it because they'll say, okay, well, what do you, <laughs> what are your big goals here? And I'm like, right. I don't no, I don't like know. I am letting myself watch this unfold because it started out with like crazy, like it's research. This is what we're going to do. And this is my background. And this is, and it's not that there isn't a research component. There's a massive research component to it, but I have been getting pulled to speak and mm. train and do workshops. And part of me was like, this isn't real. Like I said, like when I meditated, what I heard was I'm going to create it like this and this isn't happening, even though I'm paying my bills, right? <laughs> <laughs> something completely different right. than what I set it out for. And it, for me, that like embodies what I mean when I say like, this is what it looks like to let go of expectation because I believe that what you want is completely available to you, but you are not necessarily in charge of the how. So if you mm. feel that you deserve something, you do. <laughs> you do. Mm -hmm. But you don't get to decide how it comes to you because there might be lessons or um, it, like you I don't you said it much more beautifully than I will. But like there's the, these workarounds, right, that you have to go through. There are certain things, there are certain processes that you just can't understand as a human. Right. And so right. let go because it's coming. But not if you grasp onto it and hold it on for dear life, because mm -hmm. that's like that's not how you hold on to anything that you love. You don't crunch it. Right. You know what I mean? Like when you hold your husband or partner's hand, you're not because you might let go. Like <laughs> I know. You hold it. And you like you know that there's love here and then it's okay and it's coming. So I don't know about I love that because as you're talking about, you know, you don't hold on to it. I'm thinking white knuckle, and I'm like, when do you white knuckle? And I'm like, you white knuckle when you're stressed. You white knuckle when you're driving and you're like, oh my gosh, this isn't going well. Or for me, I white knuckle on a roller coaster because I'm terrified. And so I'm not going to let go. I'm just going to do everything in my power to force this to work out the way that I want. But the truth is that a lot of times you're white knuckling over something. You're like, I don't know how much control I have over this situation. So I'm just going to hold on as tight as I can. So I love looking at it and saying, Maybe let go a little bit. 
I think that's why, so law number one of streaking is make it laughably simple. Mm -hmm. And I think it has everything to do with what you're saying, Erica, in regards to letting go of expectation. Expectation. That's why we call it laughably simple. It's the laughably simple that allows you to move past this ridiculous expectation of outcomes and of accomplishments and achievements and go to the inner peace and the inner um, self of saying your mantra, which I need to memorize as well, but that it's this idea of what's mine, I can hold on to. I don't need to worry about all these extra things that are happening outside of me. I was talking just the other day, interesting that you bring up goals. Um, so we have a, we have a, uh, another podcast that I do with, it's called The Streaking Professional. So in The Streaking Professional, <laughs> we talk all about how streaking applies inside of business and work and everything else. And, and my um, partner on The Streaking Professional, he talks about how he doesn't set goals and how awkward that is for in, in that world. You know what I mean? You almost, <laughs> you almost feel like people say it really, I don't set goals. I know. You it's know like, I mean? oh, okay. I'm yeah, not going to yeah. tell anyone that I don't do that. Because <laughs> it feels like it's saying, I'm not an accomplished person and I don't want to go anywhere. I'm just not going to set goals. But that's not, that's not it at all. What I want to add to this, because yes, it's all that, and I, I, I think from like the work that I do, it's a lot of like helping companies and and women understand that like this is all like this construct was made by somebody else. Humans made it. Yes, means that humans can change it. Yes, yeah, and it's the same thing with goals. Like, it's just humans expect it exactly. But what we're all after is happiness, like Mm -hmm. happiness, joy, love, peace. And I'm like, well that's my quote unquote goal. What, what if everything I did was around that? Like right. what if when I feel uncomfortable and say this sucks or I don't like this, it's, it's actually uh, an invitation to re- like recalibrate or shift my direction into my quote unquote goals. Like, but my int- like it's really my intentions are to feel this way. This is what I want. This is why I want all the goals. That's why mm-hmm. I'm okay bypassing them. I want these goals because I think they mean something. So right. why don't I just figure out what I like what they I think they mean and then make that the actual thing I focus on. And I will tell you as I say that, it took a while to get here. I wasn't like, "Oh, I heard it on a podcast." No, it right. <laughs> well, I heard it and I changed my whole life that day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's 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 hearing that and saying, oh, maybe that's true. And mm-hmm. what do I have to do today to move myself closer to that thing that I want? And I think that like from a streaking perspective, right, it's, it's those laughable things. Like, okay, if I want to feel joy, I'm going to play with my kid for two minutes and listen to her laugh because I think yes. it's the best thing on the planet. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Did that's it. it. Congratulations, Erica. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. And the world didn't explode. And my business didn't crumble. And my marriage is still together. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And all these things, even though I took two minutes to feel joy. Right. And I would offer that all of those things didn't explode, didn't crumble, didn't go to pieces because you did that. That's what I was going to say. Because you actually took that time. And I wanted to go back to and add to that. You talked about the spiritual side of our lives. And Jamie and I are very spiritual and absolutely look to, and when we were talking with people about streaking, we often will tell them to start with a spiritual streak. Start with a streak of meditation. Start with a streak of reading scripture or something that is divine in your life. 
because that will help center you in what really matters. And if you start with that type of a streak, then you can move forward. So this is where I wanted to go to with you is, when did you kind of come to that realization? When did your spiritual life, when did, when did you get that awakening, if you will? Someone recently asked me this, so I have the answer. Okay. <laughs> um, so it was probably about almost three years ago. I had, I was starting entrepreneurship mm -hmm. is the fastest way to self-growth is what I've learned. And, um, I had oh, wait, a I'm going to I'm going to put that in vinyl lettering somewhere. <laughs> yes, you are. Entrepreneurship is the fastest way to self-growth. Yes. That's deep. That is. So I had a coach who was very spiritual and I, as um, uh, no shade on Catholicism, but like as a recovering Catholic myself, okay. um, <laughs> is I had a lot of trouble with that. Um, for various reasons mm -hmm. when I was I, I always my friend tops people say this she'll say like God's been like God was chasing you like because she, she was with me with that coach she's like God has been chasing you for a while mm -hmm. and she said that and I was like okay all right I'll invest I'll see what's going on here and I had a friend with that same coach who reached out and said listen I really think you need to explore this like I really really think you need to explore this and it something about it hit like all of the things and I said okay I'll do it and so I spent a year actually with someone helping me uncover what does spirituality mean to me? What does, for me, I use God, like what does God mean for me? And what does that look like? And how do I want to create that relationship? And from there, I mean, truly my world turned upside down because then, you know, the law of attraction and law of abundance, and all it hits differently when there's a divine bent to it because you yeah. realize like I said, like we're after feelings. We're not actually after the money, although the money is amazing and beautiful and wonderful. Like I'm after feelings. I'm after connection. I'm after um, source. Mm -hmm. I'm after living to like the fullness of my potential. Um, not for anyone else, but because for me, my language, but because I'm a child of God and I am like miracles are my birthright. So like, let me go do that. And mm -hmm. So yeah, so about three years ago, I've gone on this journey and I've been very intentional about it. And I said to a friend actually yesterday, it finally all started clicking like, like a week ago. It's like, you know, it cognitively, like mm -hmm. you hear someone like yourself or me say, like, go of expectations. Like what's mine will never pass me. Like we are all one. Like, well, yes, of course I'm a child of God and I deserve it and miracle. Right. But like last week it all like everything just I started to realize like my mindset has been changed for a while like I don't say oh I can't have that I'm like oh my god I just did that thing oh so cool and I, was yeah. like, oh. and I realized last week that I was like oh my gosh you're celebrating the the things you you like you didn't expect to celebrate like the things mm -hmm. you always said you wanted to like oh my god I talked to these people Oh my God, I had a fun sales call. Oh my God, how cool was it that like I got to spend an hour with this person? Oh my gosh, they called me to ask me for that. That's so neat. And I, and I was like, oh, you've become the person you wanted to. Good job. Keep going. Wait. <laughs> you are on the road to where you want to go. This is great. <laughs> that is so I, you know, the, the nuggets that we're pulling out I of this. I know. Miracles, and you're taking notes. Miracles are my birthright. 
Uh, that, I mean, we just have to put that in stone as far know. as mir- miracles are my birthright. I mean, we're coining that one right there. And the That's law of Erica. attraction, how you start to see things. And, and I love that you're like, it comes at you differently when you're looking at that from a spiritual perspective. You, you literally, you see things differently. And I loved what you said too. I was reading an article the other day that was talking about kind of mind and heart. And, and it said, you, you look at things rationally with your mind, but you understand them with your heart. And I thought, that's really, that, that's, that spoke to me, I guess, yeah. is what I'm saying, is that this uh, truth, I think, that you understand things with your heart. You, you learn them with your mind, but that understanding, and that's why I feel like you were saying is, I'd been hearing all of these things, and I'd been processing them. But at this one moment, there was understanding where I where I was able to have that connection of these are the things that I've been learning. These are the things that I've been studying. And then my heart came into it and I understand. Yeah. And I think that's that's really a neat thing. The other thing I wanted to say just before I forget it real quick was I loved when you were talking about spending a little time with your daughter because um, I look back to when I had lots of little kids at home and you get caught up in trying to manage everything. Um, and when you have little kids, like the ages that like, like, like the age that your daughter is, you can't, they determine so much of what your day is going to be like based on their mood, based on if they peed on the floor. I mean, just all these things that can happen that will change what you had in mind of what your day was going to be. And sometimes I would spend so much time trying to be a more efficient mom. If I just do this better and I've got this plan and I've got this meal plan and I've got this all set up, then things will go better. And there would be times that I would just, the day would fall out and nothing went better and I would get so frustrated. And I look back at those times and there I remember this moment where I just sat down and had to remind myself, why did I have so many children? Like, <laughs> I chose to do this. <laughs> and, and I would have to spend time with my children to rem- in fun ways, not doing things for them, not feeding them, not taking care of them, but being with them to remind myself that I'm like, this is why I had kids, because I like them. Because like you said, I love listening to them laugh because I love the different stages that they go through of, oh, look, she discovered her toes or, oh, look, she put a pee in her ear. You know what I mean? These different things that they do that in the moment can be difficult because you're trying to have some level of control over your world. But so I loved when you said that where you're like, I just sit with my daughter because that's why we had the kids is because... We like them. We like being with them and they're fun. But we can get so caught up in trying to take care of them and give them best opportunities and teach them and take care of them that you forget that you just like being with them. I'm a, like I said, I'm a learner. I will tell you when it came, when it's come to my kid, it is the one thing where I'm refusing to read all of the books. Mm -hmm. I've read Conscious Parent. It's the only like, parent book i read a couple pregnancy books because it's scary that's different, uh-huh. <laughs> it's different. like i gotta get pregnancy is different uh, yeah. than different. parenting though yeah. that's two different worlds <laughs> yeah and so i've read that and that's uh, and i trust my intuition because when mm-hmm. i do dive into the research too about like moms particularly today 
so many moms, there's the mom guilt and they feel like they're not doing enough and all that. And like the research shows moms today work harder from like mm -hmm. um, a nine to five perspective if, they, if they're getting paid in labor and mm -hmm. from a home non-paid labor, we spend more time with our kids than any generation previously. And so I, I know I'm doing enough. Like whenever mm -hmm. I start to um, have the guilt, I, I, like I tell people all the time, I don't suffer from it. I have it, but I don't suffer from it because I know that like, I like this thing that I brought to the world and I'm going to hang out with her. And that, that lack of expectation with her, like it's, it reminds me why I let go because my, like the best moment of my day literally was when she was crawling on my face yesterday. Mm -hmm. Like, but if you were to tell me that was going to be the best moment of the day where her eye was like, her fingers were in my eye and nose, yes. I'd be like, no way. No. <laughs> Where's the joy in that? What are you talking about? No, it's her, like my husband called it her first assault. And it's like, <laughs> it, it, but I was able to just be there, let go mm -hmm. of what this moment needed to be like and get the thing I wanted, which is when you're saying a lot of folks on here are moms is like, if, if you're wondering where to start, like, just set a timer for a minute or two to do the thing that you actually want to do. Um, right. Because that is, that's the piece about motherhood that has been fascinating to me because I've been interviewing moms um, about it is all of these expectations that we place on ourselves and society places on us. It's like, yeah, yeah, I get it. And remember, like, that doesn't mean that that's how you have to mom. Mm -hmm. that, like, it takes some work, but you get to start it with the laughable moments of like, you know, like, mm -hmm. Hey, I'm just going to like let my kid throw eggs on the ground and squish them between her fingers, which is a real life scenario that happened yes. yesterday. Um, I want her to eat it. I really do. <laughs> really want her to eat it. And I'm half tempted to have her eat it after she squished it because I don't have to make more. Yeah. No, that's what happened. I was yeah. like, and it's fine. Like yep, it's everything fine. worked out okay. And I, I just, it, that piece for me has been really huge and I think that's the beautiful thing about kids is like entrepreneurship is one of the fastest way and then having kids so like saying mm -hmm. I'm letting go of expectations I have someone in my house who forces me to do that or I will be miserable right it's, I don't have to let go of them but I'm going to be miserable if mm -hmm. I don't one of the, uh, as I listen and think about the streaking and the practical application of what it is that you're saying, if a, if a mom is out there and one balancing all the different areas of life that as a mom you need to balance, and you've got this, this opportunity to set a streak, which would be to play with my child at least one time daily. Sounds laughably simple and sounds like it should, hap it should just happen. However, when you make it intentional, that gets you over the hurdle of having to worry about when to start it or anything else. It's just like, you know what? I'm going to have a streak of playing with my child at least one time daily. And therefore, that gets me to the place where that may be several several minutes of playing. That may be hours. It may be just a couple of seconds. But it's playing at least one time daily that I look at. I know Jamie has a streak of reading at least five sentences to our boys daily. And that's how long have you had that streak? She's going to look at it right now. I, I, I pulled that out of the air. She's looking. But the thing that I see in it is it has brought our whole family together in a way that we never imagined possible. Just from that simple thing of I'm going to read at least five sentences daily. And the number For, is? So I have two numbers because I had Bowen and Chance, which oh, are right. both of my boys. So Chance, I've done it for 1,790 days. 
that I haven't missed reading at least five sentences to him. Bowen is a little less. I've read to him as often, but as he's getting older and a teenager, there was that one night that he was. You know what's amazing though? Even as a teenager, he still loves. He does mom love to, to come in and have me. And it's a really neat him. moment. He'll come in and you know he'll be the cool teenager, and he'll sit down and go, "So, mom, you gonna, gonna read? <laughs> Isn't that great?" But he, but he loves it. And I loved what you said because this is one of my. This is for me an original streak. This is where I really started my streaking journey. Was because this was something that I was feeling. And I loved what you said. I have guilt, but I don't have to suffer from it. I'm going to ponder on that for a while because I, I like the way that you said that a lot. But this was a mom guilt thing that I, I looked at and thought, I know that my children, I've known for since the beginning of being a mom that reading to your kids is beneficial. Like everything you, I knew that. But it was such a hard thing to actually make happen on a consistent. So I'd go to bed so many nights thinking, wow, I didn't do that. And it was frustrating to me because I would go to bed and I'm like, but I did this and I did this and I did this and I did this. And I, and that was great. I was glad that I had done those things. But I was also frustrated that I was like, but this thing is important to me. I do want to be reading with my kids. Why can't I make it happen? And so this for me is where my passion for streaking really began because I had, I have seven kids and these are the last two that I've had this streak with that I've been able to to have this level of consistency with. So for me, it was life-changing to be able to do exactly what you said earlier, where it's like, it doesn't have to look like what I thought it had to look like. It doesn't have to be this perfect situation of me reading to my kids. I have read to the kids everywhere because different things in life happen and I'm like, oh, hey, Let's get our paragraph in. I've read all kinds of things to them. It doesn't always have to be the book that we've picked out that we're reading together. So making it laughably simple has given me permission to change that expectation of what it has to look like and to just say, it just has to be a few sentences. That's it. I've read to them while they're sleeping (laughs) just so that I could be like, okay, this was important to me. And I've had people be like, well, then what's the point? Because they were asleep. And I'm like, well, the point was that I, it's still important to me. And by doing it every day, I'm reiterating to myself, this is important. And though it was just a small little paragraph and they were totally snoring and I'll reread the paragraph tomorrow if I need to, to me, it communicated this was important and you made time for it and you still did it today, even though it didn't look like what you think it should look like. You still did it. And that's great. And I go to bed thinking, okay, I feel good about that. There you go. Drop the mic. Uh, I'm like I'm stealing it like I am taking because I I there are days where I'm like why did you not make time to read Mm -hmm. like and then I'll sit there and I'll be like but like because I used to work very briefly in early ed when I was um in grad school I was like oh but Erica you you talk to her and you use these words and so don't worry her word bank is getting where she needs to be but I'm like no I love reading and I want her to love reading Mm-hmm. So I have to read to her to allow her the opportunity to. So, yeah, I'm stealing. You it's should a, steal that streak. Absolutely. It's, it's been a it's been a beautiful one. streak. Uh, and because I've I don't have that streak. That's Jamie's streak. But I often will participate in it because it's so 
rewarding for me too. I love to listen and see and hear what and it is that one that has doing. been. You're right. That's a good example because the streak for me was yes, I want to read with the boys. But what was important is I'm like I want them to be reading. So there are times, oftentimes, that you do that. I've had older kids do it when we were gone, and so it's created this environment in our family that communicates that reading is something that's important to us, yeah. and which has been great because I have a child with dyslexia who reading was not enjoyable to him, was not something that he valued. It was actually it felt like a whip to beat him with, and that was the other thing that really motivated that change was I was like, reading is beautiful, and I want you to experience that even though for you it's brutal. <laughs> it's, it's so much work. It doesn't feel joyful. So what can I do to make it joyful for you so that, that you can experience and that? And I'll just say, Erica, she has read many a science fiction and also battle books that the boys like. couple and graphic novels, <laughs> yes. some Star Wars books, some things that I'm like, all right, we're going to read this one. Here we go. You know what's neat about it too, though? Captain Underpants. That was my least favorite book. <laughs> but boy, did the, the boys, boys love it. that book. Oh my gosh. You know, part of it, too, is spiritual text, because you'll read also to them mm -hmm. spiritual text, which is really neat as well. She'll read out of the scriptures, and they enjoy it. So That's why I loved what you said when you, when you said, I want to learn every day. And when you were able to change that and say, okay, learning doesn't mean I have to read a textbook, or it doesn't mean I have to read it on a fiction book, or it doesn't mean I have... I am learning. I had this conversation and learned something new. I read this brief article and learned something new. Just... To me, that was so profound because we were talking about it in contents of changing your expectations. But what I saw was also this opening of you looking at your life and saying, I'm learning a lot in a lot of different ways all the time. And and then as you see that, now you start to see it even more. And I think you're able to grasp those moments more because you're like, oh, that's learning. I'm going to do that. And it just fills your bucket instead of this constant, oh, I didn't do it this way. I should have done it that way. And so that to me was a really great visual when you said, I am learning all the time from this resource and this resource and this resource. And the only thing that changed was that in your mind, you're like, that counts. Like, like that's, I'm learning. That counts. That's great. And I, that's, that was my big takeaway for today. Well, I have a, before we end, I still have another question because I've been dying to ask this question. You mentioned throughout a lot of your work and everything else that women make their decisions differently when they're in the workplace than what men do. And, and, and I want to get this right because this was profound for me because if I've worked with um, and been working with women, I've, I've noticed this, but until you brought it out, it never registered. And here's, and here's hopefully I'm categorizing it correctly, and I, this is where I'd love for your education. You said, I think that the way that you said it was, women will make their decisions based on what their family needs first, and that the workplace needs to recognize that and be able to um, help that along because then you will get the best of what a woman has to offer. And I probably just is. butchered that, but what would you say? How, how are you yeah. seeing that? Jamie, did you want to say something? I was going to say, in my mind, you're saying, instead of working against that, let's work with it. Because when we work with it, you're going to get all these resources that these women have to bring to the table, but you're fighting against it and shutting down those resources. 
Y- yes, <laughs> that it's it's at the core of it, right? As we look at what quote unquote women need as an accommodation. Yes. Oh, she had a baby and she needs three months off. Okay, maybe we'll pay for mm-hmm. it. Maybe we won't. Oh, family leave like because she tends to be the person that takes care of not only her kids but her elder parents. <laughs> If we have to, because Mm -hmm. I guess we need her. But here's the thing. You need her. Like, our economy is based on a dual-income home. So it's not like, oh, this is a nice to have. This is actually critical that you do this. But it stems from the issue, like, when you really look at the um, unconscious nature of it, which is why I had to laugh a little bit when they were like, but they're sleeping. I'm like, you you hear things in your sleep. Like, that that is what happens. That's true. (laughs) Um, But the unconscious nature of all of this is that we see men as the ideal worker, and we have for a very long time. For thousands of years, women, women were moms and wives, or potential moms and wives first, and men went and did, like, the work and, and brought home, you know, dollars or whatever it was at that time, right? And so we have this, this old school mentality, like these conditioned beliefs that we took in to 2022, even though we know that that's not true anymore, but because it's unconscious and because it's come from generations before us, we don't know that we think men, we equate men with career and women with family. And I know this is true. Harvard did a study, 77% of men and 83% of women, 83% of women equated male to career and female to family. So it happens and it's not and i'm not here to be mad at you about it like oh weird like you took on conditional beliefs or you know conditioning from your family yeah me too and so we've done this forever and yet we and because we still see it as as that without knowing it everything that we create in the workplace has a gender bent towards men and my ask of companies is to look at that and say, is that really true for me anymore? Because what I have found as a mom is I always thought I was productive. I really did. And then I had kids. And I was like, hold up. I can get things done in two hours that took me two days. And part of that is because I don't have time to second guess myself. I, like all the conditioning and limiting beliefs a lot of women have, it's, I don't have time to sit in that anymore because I got to go home and actually take care of a kid. Um, mm-hmm. And so for me, that that piece is really important is like, let's not work against it. Let's work with it because not only do women take care of their kids, men want to now too. Mm-hmm. Dads want to be dads. They don't want to be drinking martinis at like... 7 p.m. at night doing this anymore. They want to go to soccer games. There's been a cultural shift in how we want to show up as parents. And because this is the argument I make is we're still stuck into this idea of like we have to do nine to five work versus allowing for a flexible work schedule. We keep the mentality with it. So if you're going to bring this construct in, naturally you're going to bring the construct of uh, like the mindset contract that came with it. Mm-hmm. And so this is where I think a lot of the issue is because moms are saying, hey, like we still want to like we want to be workers and we want to be moms. Mm-hmm. And the pandemic has showed that I can do both. And if you don't want to adjust, then I'm going to leave. And that's part of why we're seeing the labor shortage that we have. It's not that women are going home to take care of kids. A lot of these women are going home to open up their own businesses. Mm-hmm. I've noticed that as well. As I uh, as as I hear you say that, I I so love it because one of the constructs, and this is something that I've had a belief in in a long time, we've carried over this industrial age construct 
which was you do work at an office and you do home at home. And that one of us has to do work at the office and the other has to do home at home. And that one of us has usually traditionally been the man does work at the office and the woman does the home. Where what what has happened, and this is one of the things that Jamie and I, when we very first started to start our family together, is we said, look, we need income. That's we we know we need income. What's the best way to get that together? Not separately, not not in a way that's you know you do this and you do that, but how do we do that together? And the second thing that we looked at is we said, how do we raise our family together? What do we do as I mean, both of us wanted multiple children. We did not think that we would have seven. Seven was, we we did not figure out what was causing it until number seven. And then we realized what was happening. We do not do our laundry together anymore. Anymore. So, but, but what you say is so important for today because now with COVID, and this is something that I've seen, work has gone back into the home. We're all working out of our home mm-hmm. today. And, and we're working and... Right in the other room are our children, and you know, my mother lives upstairs, and we're taking care of that right now as well. In other words, what we've done is removed the geographic location of office and have now put it into a place where, more like in the agrarian society, where we all work together mm-hmm. and we work through Jamie has something that she's preparing for that she's teaching. I'm going to take the boys and do that. I'm preparing for something. She's going to take the boys. But we work it together, and we therefore raise the family together, the economy together, everything in this way that we're working together, and therefore breaking down really like what you said, the social, and I will call it man-made constructs that now need to be broken down and said, we need to have the construct of all of us working together in in order to achieve who we want to be. And I believe that's spiritually driven. I look at it and you say, you know, I'm a child of God. And if I'm a child of God, my children are children of God. And God can help me understand how to help them. And that's part of this. So Erica, we've enjoyed the conversation today. Thank you so much for your guidance and your information. Just before we end, anything else that you would like to, from this conversation that you have found beneficial or that we haven't covered and you'd really like to to share with us? One thing comes up, and, and I've been having this conversation a lot, and so I, I want to just share it here too, is that individuals change the collective. Mm. So a lot of times, like, we hear things like these are man-made, and the, but the office is this, and da-da-da, and it's like, yes, absolutely, but all of those things are constructed <laughs> by individuals and you are an individual actively participating in it. So it's 100% your responsibility. It's 100% responsibility of the structures to shift to. And I think the thing, my, my guess is based on who you are as people, that the people listening to this, they're leaders in their own right. And when the, co- the collective doesn't involve all 7 billion people on the planet changing, it involves leaders willing to shift because what we're all looking for is permission. Like mm-hmm. what we're all looking for is the okay that I can do this different. And so when you as an individual shift, you actually enable everyone around you to do it. And that's how we create change. That's why in this world that I live in and work in, I should say, I could get really angry and depressed and sad because it's 2022 and we're still talking about gender equity. But what I realize is that 
there's so much opportunity. There's so much opportunity if we understood the power we have within us. So Mic well drop. said. Yep. <laughs> that is fantastic. Erica, it's been really our pleasure to have you on the Streaking Podcast today. Streakers, uh, if you want to get a hold of Erica, um, Erica, what are your handles? Where would you like for them to reach out to you? Sure. So LinkedIn, um, Erica Ballard. And then Instagram at I am Erica Ballard. And I'm going to do two plugs, if that's okay. Please, mm-hmm. plug away. The first is I'm bringing back my podcast. Thanks for reminding me how much fun this is. So the full plate will debut in June. Um, come, it's already on uh, it, for a previous life, and we're going to bring it back. And then I also, if you want to learn more how to champion women in your workplace, I have a workshop that's going on on May 24th. And if you're interested in that, you'll find it on LinkedIn as well. Yeah, please do. Erica is a phenomenal individual, one who we will continue to have a relationship with and hopefully have back on the podcast again to talk more because we only touched the surface of some of the things that are out there. Streakers, you know that you can download the streaking app and we're going to ask Erica to download the streaking app and start her streak, start following her streaks on there so we can start to celebrate what she's doing and you'll notice that there's a full social community on the streaking app. Download the streaking app and uh, follow Jamie, follow Erica, follow me and see our streaks and we'd love to follow you and see your streaks because they give us great fantastic ideas you can also ask us any questions jeffrey you can email me jeffrey j-e-f-f-e-r-y at streakingmastery.com or jamie j-a-m-i at streakingmastery.com and we have all the social media channels out there as well if you honestly one of the things is kind of odd we looked up jeff and jamie on google and it just says streaking all the way i mean every single list is streaking so there there you go that's how you find it Hopefully, you'll be back with us again. Um, Erica, again, thank you. And for all of our other streakers out there, keep streaking. Keep streaking.